Quay Walker flashes his first round talent. Devontae Wyatt, we're still waiting. Jordan Love, well, somewhere in between. We do the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between from the third preseason game from the Green Bay Packers. All of it coming up next. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Packers and the Chiefs played their final preseason game. Score doesn't matter because who won or lost doesn't matter. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad. We're going to talk about some some mixed things and what all of it means for the Packers as they look forward to Tuesday when they have to have all of these final cuts and everything in the 53-man roster is coming down to right now, this moment. It's done. There's no more football to be played. Although, Matt LaFleur said they are going to get another couple practices or two. They're off tomorrow, but then Saturday, Sunday, there could be some, some work that they get in. Probably not going to do much to dictate who's going to be playing where. We're more or less set here with a 53-man roster in terms of the evaluation data points. The coaches have enough. They know the deal. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. All right, week three of the preseason. I want to try and order these in a way that is not only useful for to reflect what happened in the game, but useful to reflect how that impacts the Packers' upcoming season. Quay Walker, hello. You have my attention, right? Or what's the the Leonardo DiCaprio line from, from um, why can't I think of it? From Django Unchained. You had my curiosity, now you have my attention. You have my attention, now you have my curiosity. Whatever it is. I'm usually much better with the movie quotes. <laughs> this is what Quay Walker was. Five tackles in the first half. He looked fast. He looked instinctive. And I thought Mike Clemens made a really interesting point on Twitter that he said in practice, Quay was very assignment sure but not playing sort of hair on fire football in the right gap, in the right zone, covering the right man, but not playing on instinct, more thinking. Well, maybe this has finally been unleashed. Maybe he's finally at the point where he's comfortable in the defense, comfortable with his responsibilities, and now he can just go play. That's the, that's the place where every player wants to get to, where you're just reacting. It's just happening for you. And he is so athletic, so big, and and so uh, impactful when he can bring those tools to bear. That this is an exciting development for the Packers. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go into it. I'm not even gonna go into it. We did the first round pick thing. I don't need to go back through how I feel about the picks. You know how I feel about the picks. 
I haven't changed my mind. But the reason I wanted to start here is because Quay Walker being good, if he is good, is enormous for the Green Bay Packers because he is the one spot on this defense where you go, yeah, they don't really have anybody after Devondre Campbell. Or if they're going to pick on one of these starters, one of these guys who's going to be in there every play or attack them in the in the blocking scheme or whatever, it's going to be Quay Walker. So if he can come in and, and be a real guy, contribute in a real way, that's a pretty enormous development for the Green Bay Packers. The Tyler Goodson play, and he, the touchdown run was electric. He has shown burst and speed and reliability and versatility. Now, the special teams play is just sort of like, even after Matt LaFleur said, special teams is probably going to decide running back three, you mishandle a catch, and it's just not the best. And he's undersized. So pass pro is an issue for him. Patrick Taylor is just better in pass protection. But he's not nearly as dynamic as a ball carrier. The Packers, we don't know when Kylan Hill is going to be back, but he's going to start the season for the first month at least on the sidelines. And so to have a third back who can actually play running back is really helpful. It's really useful. That's a really nice thing to have in the short run and could be longer term. He could You could find a way to use him in these other packages. The question is right now, he's he's so small. I mean, 5'9", a buck 90 in that range. Can he hold up in pass protection? Can he hold up getting actual NFL snaps? We'll see. But he's shown the juice. Um, apparently, he has looked better in practice than he has during the, these games. And we finally get to see some of the, the flashes here with, these, with what's going on in the game. So... That's a really nice thing to see for the Packers, even if, you know, he's not Quay Walker in terms of he's starting and he's going to get 70, 80% of snaps. No, that's that's not the situation. That's okay. It really is. That's okay. Someone who could be in line for some snaps, though, Amari Rodgers. And it wasn't so much that he looked amazing although he made a couple adversity catches that he couldn't make last week. He had the ball that was a little behind him. He has to reach back and grab it. Can't make the play. On an out route, this is against the Saints, in a a contested catch situation. Ball on a a play that if you're a 6'2 receiver, you make with relative ease. He can't make the play because he doesn't have the length, doesn't have that body positioning where he can box out the corner on a ball that's right on his hands. Make the play, lets the defender get into his body, and it turns into a PBU. A couple more catches, they use him on jets. They use him in the slot. We saw him play more on the outside. Actually had a catch from the outside on third down to convert a third and long. You saw him in the backfield getting handoffs, getting end arounds. He, his body change, his adjustment as someone who now looks dynamic, who physically looks twitchier, looks more explosive, looks better with the ball in his hands, looks better um, at, at the release, looks better at the top of his route, and looks better at the catch point than last year. This is someone that Matt LaFleur can scheme up looks for. They're, they're not going to use Randall Cobb as a jet. They're not going to use Randall Cobb to take handoffs. They, they might use Randall Cobb you know, as the second man in a stack or as the third man in a bunch on the outside. But 
they're not going to do some of this other stuff. They they deployed Mario Rogers in this game very similarly to the way that the Packers used Tyler Irvin back in 2020. And we saw last year when the, the jet motion left this offense, the running game suffered. And I, I think Ben Fennell was the first person I saw point this out. When the Packers used jet motion, they were significantly more efficient in the run game than when they didn't. Last year, the jet motion fell off in a considerable way. And lo and behold, the offensive efficiency when running the ball also fell drastically. These are not coincidences. The more you can stress eye discipline of a defense, the more you make it difficult for them to fit the run, to, to feel like they can flow instinctively. We talked about instincts with Quay Walker. If, if you, as a defender, you don't know where the ball is or you don't know where the ball is going, it's really hard to act decisively to get there, to do what's called firing your guns. It's, it's really hard to do when you've got your eyes going horizontally and now it's, it's uh, you know, an inside zone right at you and you're, you're watching Amari Rodgers go across the field or you're watching Amari Rodgers go across the field and now it's tossed back the other way but you're already kind of just subconsciously even leaning toward Amari Rodgers because you're like, well, what happens? What if he gets the ball? They actually gave to Amari on the jet on one of those. So that threat we saw in 2020, Tyler Irvin did not have to get the ball very often, and he did not get the ball very often to be a threat, to be an impactful player in this offense. And... We actually got to see that. Another receiver that I thought did some nice things. I think I think both of the fringe roster guys did some nice things. Juwan Winfrey was open more than he made catches. Love missed him twice down the field on plays where he was open down the field. I think he is the most likely guy there. I think they're going to keep seven, and I think he's your seventh. I think Toure makes it on the practice squad. But we saw some really nice plays from Samori Toure. And he's had a nice camp. He's made play, made plays on family night. Had, and I talked about this on Dusty Evely. We did, we did a stream yesterday. The throw that he dropped from Jordan Love, that was an absolute dime. And we're going to talk about Jordan Love later. He dropped it. But first, he ran this magnificent stutter go. And torched the corner. Ball's right on the money, right where it needs to be. He drops it, unfortunately. There's a lot of upside physical tools. He's got speed down the field. He can make plays after the catch. We saw how tough he is after the catch. Has some dynamic ability with the ball in his hand. I think he's someone you could stash on a practice squad for a year. And then next year he comes in and he makes your football team when Sammy Watkins probably not here. Randall Cobb probably not here. And all of a sudden you've got a group that's like Al Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, or Mario Rogers, And you need someone like Samori Toure to round out that room. I think that makes... A lot of sense. All right, we're going to talk about some of the not so good because there, you know, there was enough of that to talk about, including ugh, Packers special teams. We're going to do that in just a second. We've all had times in our lives where our paycheck didn't go quite as far as we wanted it to, or y- you get invited to a wedding and you go, ugh, what what is still in the registry? Can I get the the that weird avocado thing that that really no one uses but is is there anyway. You, you put the little thing on the pit so you can take it out and it's got the knife on it and it's like $4 because that's all you can afford. I've been there. I have. Let Dave 
help. Dave is a banking app that can help you get $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expensive that you, expenses that you've been stressing about without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand for the future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E, V as in Victor. Sign up for an extra cash account to get the $500, up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees do apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the ultimate pro football preview starting August 31st, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL year in 2022. Local team experts, that's me, of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Odyssey NFL Insiders all combining in one ultimate NFL preview. Starting August 31st, search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Why? Why? Why, why is the Packers special teams? Why? Why? It was so bad. The returns, no one's blocking anybody. Tyler Goodson's dropping the ball. The coverage, so bad, giving up explosive returns. You're, I mean, the only, the only saving grace is that your punter was out there just hitting bombs, had multiple 60-yard punts out there and shout out to the 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 Jimmy G lookalike <laughs> uh and i i just you know you you can only go so far i think criticizing special teams in the preseason if you want to take away the positive you know maybe Pat O'Donnell should have been in the first section because he was so good but a lot of these players these are your guys. Now, the Packers want to play more special teams players with starters. They don't want to just use all backups, which is going to be what you're usually getting in the preseason. But a lot of these guys are going to play a lot of special team snaps. And so for it to look like this, it's it's bad. That's not good to be this sloppy. For this, especially when the Chiefs looked so cohesive, so good. And I know Dave Taub is, is, you know, one of the the best special teams coaches of the last twenty years. But the gap can't be this big. That's what Rich Basaccia was brought here to be, and it, and it can be all kumbaya, and everyone can love Rich. But if the play on the field doesn't improve. All you did was pay Rich Basaccia a lot of money and give him a lot of new friends, which is great for him and it's great for those players and their relationships, but it doesn't help the Packers win games in 2022 and beyond. This has to get fixed. Now, I don't want to overreact to a third preseason game when you have a lot of guys who are not even going to be on this roster playing special teams. But... A lot of these guys for three preseason games, it's been a lot of the same guys. The difference between what it looks like in week one and what it looks like right now in the preseason in terms of the, the actual guys who are out there, it's not going to be that different because, you know, Al Lazard and Randall Cobb and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, 
they're not going to be on special teams. So that means the guys that are playing are the guys that are going to be on special teams. It's going to be Juwan Winfrey. It's going to be guys like Micah Abernathy and Chris Barnes, the guys who are playing in the game. All the offensive linemen played who are healthy, they're going to be out there. All the linebackers except Devondre Campbell played, they're going to be out there. All the safeties except Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos played, like Sean Davis didn't, but they're going to be out there. All the corners who are probably going to be like Russell Douglas, Jerry Alexander, and and Eric Stokes, they're not playing special teams. So all the corners that are going to make this team that are going to play special teams, they're out there. So it's it's not that different a group. This is not good enough. This cannot be the standard, and they need to get it fixed. Speaking of, and I took some heat. For the show that I did earlier this week from fans. And I don't know why fans are so much more heated about this draft class than other draft classes. When I did that first round pick show, I got so many critics. I don't know why this year is different than than other years. And I, I got some really good theories on Twitter. I put that, I mean, I sort of solicited this answer. Why is everyone so much more mad that I am not high on this group of first rounders than in years past when I have liked in some cases and disliked in some cases these picks and the critics have been different less i don't know virulent but this is a good timing because Devonte wyatt started played significant snaps one or two nice reps mostly not good playing too high not winning as a pass rusher not affecting the game not being disruptive. This is a 24-year-old first-round pick. And I understand defensive line, it usually takes a little time. I don't, I don't pretend to understand the pick. I, I still don't understand it. I know a lot of people liked it. That's fine, whatever. Um, we haven't seen a first-round player. We just haven't. And so if we're going to point out Quay Walker playing great, that's really good. It's and, and I am definitely all rookies are bad guy or most rookies are bad guy. And I'm definitely like, be patient with these guys. I think it's important that we also point out when they're not doing the thing. And so right now, Devontae Wyatt, not playing good. Not even not playing good. He's playing bad. He has not been good in camp. Certainly been inconsistent. He's had one or two good days with family night being one of them. Has done very little in the preseason. and. Doesn't look to be, certainly not ahead of TJ Slayton, not ahead of Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, Kenny Clark. So he's defensive tackle five in year one. Like at least Rashawn Gary was edge three and was playing 30, 40% of snaps, was playing in dime looks and, and was getting a chance to affect the quarterback. What is Devontae Wyatt going to do in year one to help this team? What is he going to do in year two? TJ Slayton looks like clearly a better player. Guys like Chris Slayton, are, are doing more in these moments. That's not great. That's not great. So this stuff, you, you want to get the special teams ironed out. I, you know, Devontae Wyatt, in his case, he's got a career. He's got four years to figure it out. But right now, we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen it. 
And it's not even that it's not enough because he probably came into this year and was going to be no better than like defensive lineman four. So being defensive lineman five or defensive lineman six, not that big a deal. You don't draft rookies for what they are in year one. But it is troubling when you're a 24-year-old rookie at a non-premium position that you're not affecting the game sooner because then not only are you waiting, probably have a less likelihood of hitting that ceiling, of having a higher ceiling, and you're playing a non-premium position. So the impact that the Packers are going to get is just going to be less. That's why from a process standpoint, I didn't like the pick. People are, are going to get mad. That's fine. He can still become a good player. He can still become a useful player. He's not one right now. That's what we're evaluating. Where is he right now? What has he done so far? Very little. Could that ultimately not matter? Sure. But if we're evaluating what he is right now, it's not enough. For, from a first round pick, you would like to see more. And we haven't. All right, today's episode brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, every major league baseball game, NFL game, NBA, NHL futures, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked on Podcast Network. So go make Locked on Fantasy Football your second listen. Fantasy expert Vinny Iyer brings 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked on Fantasy Football. All right, a little Jordan Love at the end here. Because I don't think Jordan Love was the story of this game. He was certainly the story of the last game and probably the game before that. Jordan Love was fine. He was fine. Now, to start the game, the Packers were matched up with the Chiefs' first defensive unit. They've been killing teams in the preseason, in part because they're not always going up against Opposing team's number one offensive unit. And this was not the Packers' number one offensive unit. Aaron Rodgers not out there. None of the skill position players out there. It was more or less the offensive line we're going to see, although I think Elton Jenkins end up, ends up getting the start week one. But, and that the offensive line question is one that I do think we need to ask. And we're going to get to that in a sec too. But some nice plays, Jordan Love. And then a couple where you go, what happened there? Now, I, I think... The Dobbs throw with the back shoulder, that's a miscommunication. That's a chemistry issue where it, where it hits the, sort of hits the corner in the hands. He was the one more ready for the ball. Rodgers, or Rodgers, love expecting Dobbs to be back shoulder. Dobbs expecting the ball to be over the top. They're just not on the same page on some of those, and that takes time. Remember, it took, I joked on Twitter, it took uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers like three years. Like, they didn't hit one of those until 2016. Like, they could not hit one in 2014 or 2015 to save their lives. If 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 like my life depended on them hitting a back shoulder fade in 2015, I would I would get a will together. It was just not they couldn't do it. 
these things do take reps. They take time. Um, great nugget from Cassidy Hill who, who mentioned, you know, Dobbs and, and Love not quite on the same page on that slot fade. Last week when Dobbs sort of lost the ball, he expected it to be in one place. Love threw it in another place. He expected it to be in, in another place. They just saw the field a little differently. And this is a matter of chemistry. It's a matter of reps. But the interception, he had a guy underneath, didn't take it. It's third down. Yeah, but you want to move the sticks. You've got two timeouts. They could have gotten in better scoring position than just forcing the ball down the seam to Alize Mack. I, I understand in a way it's an arm punt. It, you know, it's not that big a deal. You're you're in opponent territory. The interception doesn't kill you, but you want to make a better throw there. In the middle of the game, there at one point he was like 11 for 15. Um, there, there was a great nugget from Rob Domofsky where on, on throws, he was 0 for 5 on throws over 20 yards. And I think he was 12 for 13 on, on throws under 20 yards. I mean, he, he was really throwing some nice passes um, in the intermediate part of the field. And this is interesting because last week, he was really good throwing the ball down the field. Had some that those were his best throws. The Toure throw, unbelievable. You know, those deep overshots, those are really, really good throws. And we just didn't see it. So the stat was 0 for 5 with an interception on balls thrown 20 plus down the field, 13 for 16 for 125 on all those throws. That's good. That's good. 13 for 16 for 125 is a really good stat line. The problem is. He had a couple that he forced and he was aggressive. And I like the aggressiveness to a point. But like third and fourth downs over the last couple of weeks, they've they've been throwing in these concepts where, where Love is throwing to the, the go receiver. And that's an Aaron Rodgers thing. Like on third and three, he loves to throw a transition goes to Devontae Adams. Okay. I hate to break it to Jordan Love. You are not Aaron Rodgers, and you're not throwing to Devontae Adams. Now, Juwan Winfrey, in this case, opened twice. Love missed him. One of them could have been a touchdown. The ball just, he didn't have the touch. He's shown he can drive the ball outside the numbers. He's shown he can drive the ball inside the numbers. What we haven't seen is him be consistent with the ball placement, and we haven't seen him be consistent mixing the touch and the velocity. A little inconsistent on the deep throws. Last week, he hit a couple sails, those deep corners. Those are hard throws outside the numbers. Hit the stutter go. Beautiful throw. This week, inconsistent. Couldn't quite find the touch. Some of that is reps. Some of that is rhythm. Some of that is you're throwing to different guys every week. And so it's like, okay, what are you getting? Has to be more consistent. And that's where Jordan Love is right now. He's in that sort of like Carson Wentz zone where he makes plays where you go, holy crap, what a play. And then he makes plays where you go, holy crap, what a play. Where you're, he, he does things that just, you know, most quarterbacks don't even think about even attempting because they can't do it and he does it. And then other plays where he does things that quarter, other quarterbacks don't even think about attempting and he does it. And if they can just rein in that bottom end, if you can raise the floor a little bit, you could have a really, really good player. And if you don't, I still think, I think I've seen enough to say he can be a starter in the NFL. He can be one of 32. I mean, Jared Goff is going to start this year. Carson Wentz is going to start this year. Teddy Bridgewater started last year. These are not great, but Baker Mayfield, 
Like, I don't think those guys are, are necessarily more talented than Jordan Love. So I, I think that's where we are with Love right now. He needs, he needs in-game reps. He needs game plans, those kinds of things for him. One last thing I want to say, offensive line-wise, and we're, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this next week and, and beyond when we, final, we finally get to final cuts. I can't wait to see when, when we see the Packers practice with their, their guys, who lines up where, because I feel like Zach Tom needs to be a starting guard in some shape or form. He is one of their best five, period, end of story. He's one of their best five, so figure it out. If David Bakhtiari can't go, it's Yash Nyman, it's John Runyon Jr., it's Josh Myers, it's Zach Tom, and it's Elton Jenkins, and I don't care where they go, figure it out. Figure it out. That's all. That's where we're going to end it. Thank you so much. We we um, did figure the stream thing out, but I didn't get a chance to test it before the game, so we did not go live after the game, but we will be going live after every game this season. So check us out on YouTube, uh, Locked on Packers. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at Locked on Packers. Check me out on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Um, podcast is wherever you find podcasts. Odyssey app, again, YouTube. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>